welcome back to another Ag Watchers with, with Matt Douglish and myself, Andrew Whitelaw. We've got another special guest coming from uh, Brisbane, but uh, via sunny Scotland. Uh, we've got Robin from Numbnuts. Uh, Robin is an expert in sheep testicles. And so we thought uh, we'd, uh, we'd get him on just to talk all about balls with, uh, with Robin. Robin, thanks for coming along. Uh, Thank you, Andrew. Yep, that's uh, uh, trust another Scotsman. That's the first time I've ever been introduced like that before. Most people like to think of me as an engineer, not a sheep balls expert. But yeah, okay, I'll take it. Well, put put, put it on your CV. And and for lo- obviously, this is a this is an audio podcast, so no one can no one can see the video that we can see. But Robin's currently currently in the closet uh, recording this uh, yeah when you live with two young kids uh yeah you want to keep the background noises to a minimum <laughs> so robin tell us tell us a little bit about numb nuts because we i reached out to you because i you know i've seen a lot of stuff on on twitter about numb nuts and you know as, as a fellow as a fellow scot i thought you know we'll have to continue to get a diverse range of scottish opinions on the podcast <laughs> so, so tell us about what, what is numbnuts um, okay well in a nutshell it, it does what it says on the label it uh, helps uh with the castration and tail docking of sheep so um what we're doing is we're introducing a shot of local anesthetic when sheep are tail docked and castrated so it numbs their nuts and also their tails actually i suppose um which I guess that the reason that, that people tail dock and castrate, uh, the tail docking happens to prevent fly strike, which is very nasty, very unhygienic, and can cause animals to die. So it's a necessary uh, procedure. And for castration, um, most male lambs are castrated so that we can create good genes, uh, we, we genetic breeding, um, so that they can uh, breed animals that are, are best suited to the environment and, and be highly productive. So how did you... Coming, coming all the way from Scotland, where we we've got a lot of sheep in Scotland. Yeah. What made you come up with this idea? Like, uh, uh, it's it's a long, uh, convoluted, woolly tale, I guess. Um, so, uh, I'm from a family of, of farmers. Um, although I'm the black sheep, I'm the design engineer, and um, my dad's actually a, a vet. He was a a vet that specialised in research and worked at uh, the Morden Research Institute over in in Scotland, which is a hundred year old uh, research institute set up by farmers who were finding that some of their animals were dying and they wanted to to figure out why. So they hired some scientists to to look at parasites and that type of thing. And here they are a hundred years later, a very well known renowned uh, research institute in Scotland that actually develops uh, vaccines and uh, disease prevention measures for, for species all over the world. Um, so my dad actually developed a, a vaccine for a type of parasite called Barber's pollworm, which is most prevalent in Australia. Um, it's particularly around the Armadale, New England plateau area. Uh, it's a real problem. And uh, that was his life's work. He, he developed that. It's actually the vaccines made in, in, uh, in Albany in Western Australia. And it's uh, made in quite an unusual way that required a bunch of mechanical engineering machines and, and tools to do that. So uh, being a son, we had a few interesting dinner time conversations uh, on sort of a Sunday roast. And he said, oh, I think you could help me make this machine. So my design company, 4C Design, built the machines. Um, we brought them over to Australia and that got conversations going about sheep and, and that kind of thing. 
and made the connection, I guess, on to Meat and Livestock Australia, Australian Rural Innovation, who both said that, uh, look, we've kind of got this, this issue that's been bubbling away under the surface uh, to do with trying to improve the, uh, the welfare of animals, particularly sheep, when they're tailed ox and castrated. Um, so, uh, I just want to make the, the point too that the tail docking process, uh, Robin, is a, is a totally um, separate uh, scenario to the to the mulesing debate in terms of what that 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 procedure is a, a very different thing to tail docking. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and you know, mulesing is quite an Australian specific issue. Um, it's obviously hits the headlines a lot in the wool industry here, and and I guess um, you know in in Europe as well. Um, in Scotland or in Europe, you know, no one mules is it. Uh, most people don't even know what it is. When, I, when we showed Numb Nuts at the Highland Show and you talk about mulesing, everyone looks at you blankly. Um, and yet pretty much all animals, all, all sheep around the world are castrated with a rubber ring. I think well over 95%, they use a tight rubber ring that goes around the testes. Um, that cuts off the blood supply and uh, and eventually they, they they drop off and and uh, mostly well certainly outside australia most people use rubber rings as well for the tails so it's a it's a global issue um and one that i guess the industry has sort of probably shirked away from exposing because um of obviously it could create it creates a lot of issues as we, we've seen with the, the mulesing debate um, but it's always been a chicken and egg issue. Once uh, they've always asked for a viable solution uh, that shows that it can be done humanely, you know, with with minimal discomfort, and and that was the the call that we set out to to, to answer, I guess. So obviously, Australia has got a, a big volume of sheep, you know, and there's a lot of sheep around the world because I think we are close to. Matt, you'd, you'd be able to confirm this, but we're close to record global flocks for sheep. Is that right? <laughs> Matt, 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 he Matt, types Matt, away quickly on Wikipedia. furiously trying to unmute himself. <laughs> <laughs> Highly professional. Um, in terms of the Australian <clears throat> flock, uh, we're at uh, more than 100-year lows in terms of um, you know, where the flock's sitting. But uh, um, the global flocks, so have you looked at, um, places around the world, um, yeah, the, the flock's been increasing globally for the last, you know, more than the last decade. And you've got a country like, say, China, that a lot of people don't realise that they've got the biggest um, sheep population in the world by far, you know, compared to what we've got here. And in so, so in terms of Australia, so what, what have we got in terms of sheep numbers in Australia? 70 million? 60, 63 and a half is the, is the uh, current MLA estimate. Um, and, for, and for, yeah. And according to the Scottish government, we've got 6.8 million in Scotland. So obviously a, a much bigger market to, so in terms of that, you've got, you know, 60 million uh, sheep. So what's that? 120 testicles, 120 million testicles to, to get rid of. So, so I guess that, that brought you over here because it's a bigger market over here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, yeah. how long, have you, how long have you been out here for? Yeah, I will just add when you when you add in the English um, and Welsh market into that, that, that our predictions are that Australia has between 60 and 70 million. New Zealand comes second with about 30 and the UK is not actually that far behind with about 25 once you add in England and Wales. Um, so those are the three biggest markets in the world. But you've, you've coined it right. It's, it's well over 100, 120 million 
testicles uh, between those. Uh, well, actually, you have to half it because half of those are females. Um, but, uh, but then if you add on the tails, you actually multiply it by one and a half. So you're somewhere in the region of 150 million. Uh, uh, and certainly the people that make the elastrator rings, they sell uh, 350 million of those a year to give you a size of, of the global uh, demand yeah, for the, the global, this problem. What, what, what do you call them in Canada? Prairie oysters? Uh, um, yeah, mountain oysters in, in, mountain in oysters. Zealand, I think. Um, they, yeah, they fry them up. <laughs> so so how, how long have you been out here for, Robin? So I've been here for 18 months, um, but over the, the previous sort of 10 years of developing them, that's, uh, oh, I think of 12 trips over during the development phases of three to four weeks at a time. So the, just to elaborate there, Robin, what you said too, that, so your market pretty much is in Australia at the moment, but are you looking to take this technology now to, to those other markets into New Zealand and to the UK or, or are they already kind of starting to embrace it and, and changing their methodologies to, to match the numnut system now? Absolutely. Um, <coughs> our our um, strategy is Australia first. Um, it looks like New Zealand is going to be second and the UK hopefully third. There are significant barriers to entering any market, uh, but those three are the, the biggest, should we say, first world markets. Um, Canada, the US, Argentina, Uruguay, South Africa are all on the hot list as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess the, the product, we've, we've not really seen it as, it's, it's a global issue, so why not? We, we can make these, this product in, in the thousands and the millions if we need to. So um, it's really about tackling them in the places where the sheep exist and ultimately the cattle as well. So what have you, how, on, a, on a personal level, how have you found Australia in terms of, you know, farmers in Australia are very different to farmers in the United Kingdom? Yeah, I, th I think uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we, the, the issue, I'll start this bit again. So, so the issue um, was first brought up in the UK because uh, the Farm Animal Welfare Council in the, e in the UK in 2008 stipulated that really pain relief should be used for tail docking castration over there. Um, that said, um, the farms in the UK are generally quite conservative, quite traditional. Um, they also, I think, uh, are, well, the, the, the market shows they're much, much smaller in comparison. I think a typical average flock size in the UK is about 200, whereas we calculate in the, in the average flock size roughly in Australia is 2,000. So just like the market size, there's 10 times, for a single farmer, they're looking after about 10 times the amount of animals. Mm. Um, I think there's also a perception, maybe I'm seeing this from more the Australian side, that, that Europe is somehow ahead and, and better and, and, and these sort of things. What the reality of coming out here, I think Australia is just flying in terms of the use of technology, um, I, I, and and yeah, the, the efficiencies and the scale of the agriculture over here is just on a completely different level. Um, to have to have a have a farm in the UK that had say two thousand sheep, you'd be you'd be considered a pretty big, significant sheep farmer. Um, you know, I know people in Australia that keep them that sort of number as a hobby uh, alongside another business. Um, you just then, Rob, made the point too that, that it's a technology that you can use with cattle. Is that something that's available now? Or, or my understanding was that it was only purely a, 
a castration and obviously tail docking technique for the, for the sheep side of things, but is the product able to be used as it is or is that a separate variation to the product? Yeah, so the drug, the drug that we've got is registered in cattle and sheep. Um, the challenge we've got is, is always a funding one. Um, so it, it's registered, it's legal to use, it has a zero day withholding period. The challenge is that we've never managed to get uh, uh, funding to get a cattle trial underway. Um, that was always the intention, but unfortunately, due to the way that MLA's levies have come in and things, that they, they essentially don't have the money to do it. Um, we, off our own backs, are currently trying to do cattle trials, but obviously on an absolute shoestring buzz budget as a startup company. Um, but fundamentally, if someone wanted to use it on cattle, they can legally. We believe that, oh, obviously, the, with the animals being a bit bigger, um, it'll need probably three pumps of the injector, four and a half ml dose rather than a, a one pump. It's, it, it, it dispenses a fixed dose. Um, but yeah, we, we see great markets in, in cattle as well. Um, there are some mechanical challenges. Um, when you're lamb marking that the lambs are typically done on their backs. So they're put in Australian or New Zealand context, they're put in a, a cradle and they're done on their backs. With cattle, depending on your setup, depending where you are in Australia, you, you may have a tipping cradle or you may do them in the race. Numbnuts really would probably only suit people that are willing to do it in a tipping cradle or with their, the animals on their side. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I know it's I know it's an audio podcast, but I don't know how easy it is for you to give us a quick uh, kind of um, you know description of, of what the process is as best you can. I guess we you have know, with with uh, with an understanding that people can. Act. I can see you've got the product. In yeah, front I've of got us one on here. So I'll talk you through, and you can maybe hear a few a few little squirts and things. So, I mean, to to talk people from never seen it before. So traditionally, you'll have a, a set of. Um, a tool like a like a set of pliers that will expand this very tight elastic band called an elastrator ring and it expands it to maybe about 50 millimeters in diameter and you slip the band over the tail or the testes and normally you'd, you'd pull it off and even that process of pulling it off can uh, bruise the animal a little bit so step one when we were developing numbnuts is that we we knew we were going to have to include an additional step which is to give an injection of, of local anesthetic um, so we wanted to actually make the existing procedure of putting the bands on kinder and easier for the human. So we've got uh, a device here where we've actually orientated the, 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 the trigger, the, the gun part of it, which you, you pull, put the force on through 90 degrees. And that uses the power grip of the, of the human hand. And it also, so, so for the big producers that are doing a thousand plus a day, we're hoping to reduce RSI, just make it more comfortable to use. We've also worked hard on making that ring removal more sympathetic to the animal. So that's the, that's the kind of chassis, should we say, of the device. And then on the top side, we've got, um, I guess, what's akin to a, a safe multi-dose injector. Uh, we've designed it, one of the key aspects of this, wherever it is in the world, if you're in Scotland, it'll be hailstoning probably when you're doing this. If you're out in the baking sun in Australia, you, you, you don't want to be having your hand anywhere near uh, your cold hands or sweaty hands anywhere near near a needle um, so the integral part of the device is that as you go you, you pull the the testes of the tail through and you then have to move your other hand whether that's your left or right hand to the button which means you can't give yourself a self injection 
Uh, not that it's particularly dangerous, but you would have a numb finger or hand for the rest of the day, which isn't going to be particularly quick. Um, and so, yeah, the top half is uh, it delivers a dose and huge amount of trial and error R&D work done with Syro to get the exact position, the exact dose in the right place. That's that's what's very key to using local anaesthetic. And I guess that the last piece of technology, we have three patents on the device, is actually this um, collar that goes on the top of the bottle. And uh, that creates a kind of no mess, hassle-free way of safely getting um, an S4 drug out to farms. We just lost Matt there, but he's coming back in. <clears throat> he must have had his uh, internet connection turned off. It did, just dropped out then for a second. <clears throat> but uh, but that's, that's interesting. So it's a fairly intuitive and simple sort of procedure to go through. What's, what's, the, what's the sort of barrier to people using it? So the key challenge um, in Australia is cost, uh, probably number one. Uh, currently, um, an illustrator ring is an incredibly efficient um, way of doing the job and they cost about two or three cents. Um, clearly, we are adding a significant amount of value, we believe, but, but additional stuff into here. Um, and so the the... The shot of anaesthetic to go with it is averages about 67 cents a dose, including GST. So if you're, if you're doing the tails as well, which obviously we'd recommend, um, it's about a dollar a head. So cost number one. And then actually access to the product is, is probably number two. So um, the key challenge, when we, when we approached this from the start, we, we asked the question, what is the very best drug to do this job? Um, and local anaesthetic, if anyone's been to the dentist and had a filling, you'll know that within a couple of seconds of, of having your jaw injected with local anaesthetic, you really can't feel a thing. Um, so that's that was what vets recommended and what all the research showed. The challenge was always how do you get it in practically in a farm environment. Um, so the, the drug, um, which is essentially a local anaesthetic based drug, is an S4. Um, S4s uh, uh, can only be dispensed by vets. So we had uh, big market challenges that most farmers are akin to, to walking into, in Australia at least, are akin to be able to walk into the rural retailer accessing a product like this. Um, because they, uh, the, they now have to go to a vet, um, that puts a significant barrier in place. Now we've worked really hard to try and remove some of those. Um, we've also had massive challenges with distribution. You know, I slightly naively as an entrepreneur inventor thought we've spent um, 10 years and $3 million developing something that MLA and Syro and uh, AWI all said that the market needs. Um, and when, when it existed, and, and I've put all my own money into it as well, I naively thought that the distributors would like to take it on. Uh, but that's not the case. Um, as, as I discovered in the market, people want to sh you to show them that there's actually a demand for something before they're willing to stock it on the shelves. Um, so that forced us down the route of uh, creating our own e-commerce online store. And within that, we've connected, we've got a vet map where we try and solve that problem of connecting sheep farmers to vets. Um, so that, that distribution issue is, is a challenge. And, and again, you know, even just going further afield into other, other, other territories, there is a phenomenal amount of red tape and paperwork involved in getting um, this drug, uh, uh, the, the local anaesthetic drug, into other countries. So that's by far the, the biggest barrier that's sort of holding us back. 
terms of like obviously it is a different method to what you'd normally use for 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 tail docking or, or castration do you does it does it require extra training in terms uh, of or, or or is it relatively similar to what they've been doing in the past just an extra step i'd hope to think it's it's relatively similar i mean it uses the same bands that's that's the actual method of removing the tail of the nuts is, is the same it's simply an extra half a second to a second step which is moving your your finger away from the, the testes before you remove the ring and giving it the shot of anesthetic so we've we've put a lot of work when we design stuff um, at my design company we, we do everything from a user-centered point of view so during the whole design phase of this we worked with contractors with um, producers and before we even launched it on the market we did 15,000 sheep over four properties around Victoria where you guys are in New South Wales to make sure that customers were comfortable using it because it's, it's hugely expensive to invest in the injection mold tooling and all the production of the device like this so we had to be confident that people were comfortable using it before we took the risk in in actually going ahead and manufacturing this so that's just it's interesting so my next question is how long did it take to come up with the name <laughs> so and, and how many beers <laughs> this is what happens when you get irishmen and scotsmen together so um there's a vet over at uh, modern research institute uh, called manus graham and uh, all credit to him um the irish on this one uh the the, the when it was a, a working project in a research organization i think i think the original title on the first document was something like the low pain marking solution for young ruminants and uh it was just that's the that's the Englishman's version. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they talk about in the, over the cricket. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and then over a couple of pints of Guinness. Yeah, uh, as you can imagine, numb nuts. Yeah. And then we thought, oh well, it, it, when when you develop these sort of things, it, it really is all about managing failure. You, we, we you, you spend eight years failing. Uh, before you have, uh, when I say that, you know, it's actually, a, it's a process of discovery. So you, you, you like any science process, you, you put forward a hypothesis, you try something, you develop the prototype, you try on animals, you wait for the results, you draw your conclusions. And actually going through that, the only reason that you're able to survive that kind of hardship is uh, of all that failure is, is keeping a good sense of humor. And I would say working between the, the two or three vets at CSIRO and the technicians there, the, the team up in Scotland and, and some of the Aussies as well, that, that, that's that been the thing that's really underpinned getting the, the whole thing to the market is, I mean, I, I've even on, I heard uh, on the rumour mill that MLA Numbnuts has obviously had significant funding from MLA uh, through the R&D phases and it was going to get axed, I think, a couple of times and uh, met various board meetings, oh, we can't get rid of Numbnuts. <laughs> So it's it's amazing what a name can can do for you. Yeah, names names and brands are important, but but I think it's like I've I've had a lot of involvement in that sort of ag tech space and and looking at ag tech ideas, and I've always been coming from an IT background before coming into ag. I've always been much more attracted to the simpler. I don't know, like you're going to tell me it's not a simple thing because it's taken eight years to develop. But really, it's a, it's a fairly simple technology, and it's not it's not using an app, it's not using blockchain, it's not using a drone, but it solves a problem. 
which which... I, 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 I'm actually delighted to hear you say it is simple because that's the biggest compliment you can ever give a designer. The, the design of mechanical products, the simplest ones are normally the, uh, the most effective. It, it takes, if you'd seen some of our early prototypes, they're like significantly complicated, much more complicated than what we have today. So the, the process of refinement that we've gone through, this is version 16 that's made it to the market. And um, the the you know, the act of good design is actually to create simplicity. Um, so no, that's that's actually a compliment. And yeah, I I, I hope and think that um, we've explained how how big the market is globally. And really, what we've set out to try and do is is in our small way change the way of a that a practice has happened for sixty years. You know, it's say it's gone pretty much um, unnoticed as the the skeleton in the farmyard closet and uh, we now that we believe we've got a, a humane practical solution um, we can be more vocal about it we've we've tried to um, using using the name which obviously creates a bit of humor it it takes the tension away from the whole situation gets people laughing to begin with and then actually they're, they're much more willing and have a much more open mindset to actually talk about the more challenging issues that you know this this stuff does go on on the farm and uh yeah we now have a have a humane way to do it just like you know going to the dentist no one enjoys getting a filling but you know it's necessary and uh now we can do that for animals as well as humans no i think it's like i think it's it's one of these things that over the course of time there's more and more interest in the, in the animal husbandry pr practices and and having a solution is is good so that's probably probably filled us in on 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 the details of it. So, is there anything else to add that people need to know about it, or or Matt, guess, do you have any? Um, I, I guess you know just just from a, the market <clears throat> side, we we've always seen that our our, our position has always been that we th see the biggest threat to the uh, the wool industry, the the meat industry, and is is actually the smartphone. It's it's the ability of backpackers who go out and work on farms or um, just the general public walking past a paddock are being able to film things going on. And uh, when it's taken out of context, some you know, 10 seconds of footage on Twitter um, fueled by uh, some extremists can take it uh, a, a wrong way. Um, so we've always approached this problem from the perspective of how do we create something that, first of all, is scientifically and proven to be better but then it was also graphically uh, a lot more sympathetic should we say to the eye um, so we believe that if you know, a farmer and there are many around your area in, in Hamilton uh, that are now completely bloodless marking so um, and and I think you know progressive people like Tim Leeming precision lambing you know he, he his attitude is I want to be able to put everything that I do on YouTube to have complete authenticity across how I manage my animals and be able to explain every process. So that's, that's the position that we've come from um, and hopefully our, our product helps, helps solve. Um, uh, you've kind of nailed me with that question. So I'll need to have a think of some other things that <laughs> I guess, I guess where we, where we hope to go with this, it's it, the business that that's set up behind NumNuts is actually much far further reaching than just, than just nuts than your original description of me. Um, we would hope to be able to create uh, safety injectors that can put 
more dangerous chemicals into animals more safely. We think there's a huge scope for our quick change cartridge technology um, to be able to, whether it's farm chemicals or even human chem chemicals, to be able to dispense them more safely. You know, perhaps you know, think of it in a hospital environment, an ER crash situation, you need to get some adrenaline into someone quickly. Um, you don't need to be fiddling around drawing out the right amount from a from a bottle from a tube using a needle and syringe you just want to be able to pick something up as you do with this hit the top of it plug it in off you go so um the the business that sits behind this um and where i hope to go with my r d hat on is actually extending the knowledge that we've created the patents that we've got into lots of other further afield areas the challenge as always is funding yeah that's always that's always the one well well, thanks very much for uh, for coming along and, and taking the time out to to sit in your closet for half an hour. <laughs> I don't know, two two Scotsmen in a closet, and if it, one with a cold, and I'm sure there's a joke in that, but uh, <laughs> I'll leave it to the listeners to figure out. But uh, but no, thanks for that, and uh, look, it's really like uh, that's the whole purpose of us having this podcast is really to chat to people with, you know, new ideas or or even just old ideas, but just informing our listeners about you know what is happening and you know it's an interesting product definitely an interesting name and uh you know we we hope you can uh you can get some more balls off in the next <laughs> couple of years oh thanks andrew thanks matt it's been no worries no, it's, it's good. Too. and uh look forward to to hearing from some of the audience if anyone's got any questions they can find us on numnuts.store uh, that's where my phone number is i'm on twitter as well at at numnuts device i'm sure i've just I've, 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 I've just thought of a new name for it as well for when you market it in scotland uh, the ball bagger <laughs> oh, yes. that, that, would, that would fit in better in the homeland oh yeah especially, especially the west coast yeah so. that's right we were, we were doing so well with our, our our search engine optimization until donald trump got into power and now you see you just you do hashtag numnuts and it's just he's just got he just kills us these days he's, he's just stole it it's all about, all about branding yeah i maybe need to send him a free one just to see if i can get some product placement <laughs> sounds like he perhaps needs one for some romantics <laughs> anyway sorry we're probably going off script now on that note thanks well uh, if you like this podcast please share it with your friends and family and uh, yeah if you've got any questions get in contact with robin and we'll put his link on the bottom of the podcast thanks very much cheers andy cheers matt see you later bye. man bye bye